I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome to a podcast to be named later. I'm Wes Goldberg. On the other line, Chris Barnwell, born rebel himself. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I know how to spell born rebel, just so you know. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad he was saved from this spelling a giant back tattoo. Jeez. That's like one of my biggest irrational fears is getting a tattoo. I'm not getting, getting a tattoo. tattoo and getting getting a tattoo wrong. and having it spelled wrong or having a, or a mistake in it. Uh, this, I'm, I kind of want a tattoo. I don't have one, but I kind of want one. Yeah. But uh, would you ever get a tattoo of, of words? I'd probably get a picture. Of words like seem like... If the words have, like, a lot of meaning, like, I might just get, like, a tattoo of my favorite word. What's like, your favorite word? I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about it. Squishy is a good word. <laughs> Squishy is a good word. Basketball is a good word. Basketball. Just, <laughs> what do you like? Basketball. Basketball. <laughs> just, like... It's my... Instead of actually getting a just basketball. Just your arm. Basketball. Just the word basketball instead of, like, a basketball itself. Put shots on your right arm. Like, that's the... For what's shooting. <laughs> my left arm's for tweeting. Or my left. What? What? what what's the put, quote? put the Twitter. Put the Twitter icon on my hand. This hand's only for tweeting. This hand's only for tweeting. This hand's for shooting. Exactly. Just on my palms. Um, I use. Yeah, two hands I, I would. I, tweet, I don't. Usually. I mean, if I had like a. I guess I could get like a Bible verse or something like that. Maybe or something. I don't know. I just I wouldn't do words. Hmm. Pictures just feel like. They're more fun for tattoos, but I get I get people who do words. Except for people who get like entire paragraphs. Like, no one's reading that. <laughs> and if they are reading it, they're way too close, and you should probably put your shirt back on. Like, just an entire paragraph, like it, two sentences. Keep it the two. This is now a rule. Tattoos can only be two sentences long. Even two that's a little long. How about like 140 characters or less? Like a tweet. Yes. And now I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a little Twitter bird on my right thumb. I'm going to get my best tweets ever uh, tattooed on me. <laughs> just get a timeline on your back? Yeah. There you go. Just get my, get my entire Twitter timeline. Yeah. You'll have to keep correcting it when you get a new follower. <laughs> Every time. It's like, oh, here we go. Back to the... I, I, I'll never want to unfollow or block anyone because I'm like, oh, that's going to be a... That's going to cost some money. <laughs> Right. But at the same time, every time I do block someone or unfollow them, that just shows how much I really don't like them. It's got like, more I'm weight willing to it. go. I'm willing to go get the tattoo changed because I dislike them that much. Exactly. Well, now that we figured that out, um, why don't we just go get matching Citronaut tattoos? Oh, Citronaut, the best. I'm. I'm. They need to. UCF needs to implement the Citronaut more often, even though Nitro is the best mascot ever. Nitro is fantastic, but I think what makes Nitro so great is his personality. You can just put that personality into a giant orange space man. <laughs> We need both. Both would be Nit- great. Nitro versus the Citronaut. Nitro versus the Citronaut. That, that I was always, be, I was always team the Citronaut. Game. I always thought we should just go back to the Citronauts. That should be the spring game. Hmm. That's no, a good you idea. Get a night, like, the Knights versus the Citronauts. That's a really good idea. All right. Well, we figured out a lot of things in the first three minutes of this podcast. We're, we're very productive. I think we're just hanging up right now.
All right. good. Bye, everybody. That was a good podcast. Thank you. This has been a podcast to be named later. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Charlotte versus Miami series because for some reason Chris wants to talk about it. Because that Why series... would you not want to talk about it? It's been the best series so far. It's been a garbage series, at least the last three games. And <laughs> Why would you say that? I wonder why. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to play this little game called Take Your Pick, which we just thought of. So, Like five minutes ago. Yep. In the pre-show prep phase. The stuff show. you don't get to hear. No, this is bonus just, track. Now, if you, at the now, end if of you it. pay, now if you pay money in this, like to this, subscribe to this account, pay, send money to this PayPal. Do not tell anyone about this PayPal. Send me a hundred dollars. <laughs> you will get, you will get exclusive access to the pre-show intro. And then send us your best, send us pictures of your favorite tattoos that are more than one hundred and forty <laughs> characters. Um, all right, let's do it. Charlotte versus Miami. Um, I'm still pretty depressed. So Wes is salty. I'm gonna let you. I am salty. <laughs> Wes, Wesley needs some French fries. <laughs> Wes needs some French fries. I need to I need to spread the salt amongst some food items. Um, but why don't you go ahead and start it, and I'll piggyback on you because I was I barely was able to bring myself to write the recap last night. I I couldn't do it. Okay, so we've been complaining a lot about this series, and not this series. This uh playoffs so far and how just the first round has been kind of a bummer like the first round is not supposed to be great anyways but it's usually a little better than this we've had a lot of injuries we've had a lot of blowouts we've had a lot of not fun games here and there charlotte miami has kind of saved the first round despite <laughs> despite miami fans depression with losing three straight so far it's been a very very fun series with- especially the first two games <laughs> even game game two was fun game one was a was a snore a great time. game one but like it's just we've had a lot of close games we've had a lot of this game moments just two evenly matched teams two very well coached teams going at it it's just been extremely fun to watch yeah i mean trying to be trying to take away the sadness that i felt from losing that game it's not even a sadness it's more of like a hungover feeling but I didn't even have, like, the benefit of having, like, the good night beforehand. <laughs> it was just, like, the game ended, I mean, and I was like, I had a headache, and I need a cheeseburger. You had the 2-0 lead, so maybe that's, like, your kind of good night. That's And true. then the three straight losses are, like, the, I've had too much to drink, and now you're experiencing the hangover from the right. 2 Right, right. Like, those first two games were basically like when the when it's getting good and I'm like at a good I'm in a good place and everything's just just vibing the right way and we're just like we're good. And then, it's and then like, Al Jefferson and Frank Kaminsky started and it was all Right. It was and all then bad. dudes like Jaeger bombs and I'm like, that sounds like a great idea right now and then it's the worst idea and then it's just sets everything spiraling out of control. So yeah, that's where the last thanks Al Jefferson for being the Jaeger bomb to the Miami Heats <laughs> series. Um, so, one part of last night that I kind of loved, you might have saw on my Twitter timeline when it happened, the Hassan Whiteside body slam of Cody Zeller was the funniest thing ever. It was pretty magical. I immediately and ran he got away with, with it. He got, like, that should have been an ejection. <laughs> they it were fighting a, for the ball. He body slammed him. Like, <laughs> It was so good, though, because, like, I immediately ran with that. It was like, all right, we got WWE going on here. It's like Steve Clifford's going to come up with a metal chair and hit Hassan Whiteson in the back. Oh, man. 
Yeah, and then like Josh McRoberts comes in and like you think he's gonna come help Whiteside, but then no, he rips off his uniform to real reveal that he's back on Charlotte, and he jumps off the shot clock. <laughs> then the cage comes down and out fly and out comes Michael Jordan, and then Pat Riley comes sprinting out of the tunnel to go, and they're gonna fight it off because to reveal that. I need Alonzo Morning involved here. Oh yeah, let's get Undertaker Zoe. music. Alonzo Morning out of the tunnel. Let's get Zoe and Grandma Ma in here. Just... <laughs> well, that didn't happen. That would have been way more fun than what actually happened. <laughs> it was actually, it was a really, it was a really fun game. And I, you know, we were talking before we started recording it. I, I hadn't gotten that emotional over a Heat game. Fans might be like fans. We don't have fans. Listeners might be wondering <laughs> why uh, I'm I'm being so depressed and salty is because I'm a giant Heat fan. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten that emotional and excited over a game in like a good two years. So, I, I mean, even before that, because so what? That was the best game of the playoffs so far, in my opinion. Yeah, like that was that was about as emotionally invested that I got into like every bounce of the ball since probably the the twenty thirteen finals. It was just so close the entire way, and like you just had no idea who was going to come out on top, like. And the thing, the thing that was like, just like I think the stress of it was so high. Like I was literally on the edge of my seat, and I was like, like binge eating like random snacks that didn't make sense. I had like at some point I had like carrot sticks, tortilla chips, and salsa. And I'm like the two, like which one doesn't belong here? And like, but I was like, no, this one's fine. This is all fine right now. And um, so I was like nervously eating. I was like yipping and yelping on the alone by my couch because nobody wants to be around me. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it was, and just the idea that the heat also looked on edge and I think a lot of it, and I get, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but the officiating thing that's kind of in like the cloud hanging over that series, the heat have, it's not just a fan thing. Like the players and the, and even Eric Spolstra, they were visibly frustrated with the way the officiating has been going. What we, regardless if it's fair or not fair, if anybody should be complaining about it the heat were visibly frustrated with it so you just felt like at like any moment it could blow over them. what i feel like that's been kind of bad for them like it is they don't they're not performing well it just it tightens everybody up they're constantly have an eye towards the referee they're like you just kind of sense that when they're going to the rim they're like am i gonna get this foul and that's going through their head instead of just trying to score the ball like there's just like a lot of things like that happening so you just get the sense that it's going to boil over at any point and it turns out it boiled over at the last possible second of that game. Yeah, and what's really bad about it when that's happening, when they're having those boil-over moments, sort of, is that, like, they really, like... Crap, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. They're not... Pl- like, when they get distracted by the refs like that, it's not good because a few of those there were good calls, but the way they would react, like, you think it was a bad call, and then that, like, goes down, like, the entire, the entire team is like, oh, we're getting screwed, and it's like... Well, actually, that was the right call, and you're kind of like, you're way, you're letting this sit on you too much. Like, you got to go back and play, and they're right. too busy yelling. Not that, yep. Now that they haven't had reasons to complain, I mean, Wade almost took a red a ref's head off last night when that Zeller foul, which was the most obvious foul I think I've ever seen. That was a really called. bad call, and I'm still waiting for the two minute report. Last time I checked, the officials' two minute report hasn't come out. I think they're trying to get the refs and witness protection before they release that. I think what they're going to do is they're 
I they're gonna um, release it once the NFL draft happens, right after the first oh, pick. Oh yes, and bury it. <laughs> bury bury it. that. Well, one of the Dolphins pick. <laughs> it's just gonna be like what? What's that picture of the dog at the table and like with the fire saying this is fine? That's gonna be the report. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I'm kind of excited. I hope it does this again because Heat fans were really angry about the game four about game four's refing, and they're like, I can't wait for that report to come out. It's gonna be like. Two pages long, all gonna be against the Heat. Da, 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 da. It's like actually the Heat got more benefits from bad calls than the Hornets did in the final two minutes. I think that the game four stuff was way overblown. I and I I was I almost, the refing in general has been overblown. It's kind of ridiculous. The thing, the problem is if it. I understand like last night, right? Because Dwayne Wade should have been at the line with a chance to tie the game. Like I get that. Um, personally, I think Dwayne Wade would would have missed one of those free throws. As he does because he that's what he that's he's not a great free throw shooter um but i don't know i just i have a hard time with the game four because there's just so many other issues that the heat have not scoring for basically entire four or five minute stretches um allowing jeremy lynn and kimball walker to get to the rim at will and score at the rim it's just there's so much stuff um, Did you see Ian Levy's article today about uh, fantastic. how much more the Hornets good. are driving? Yeah. Like, they are just driving the entire, like, so much more than they should be allowed. And I get that part of that's not allowing three-point shooting, but just, like, they can't be letting them get to the rim so easily. Hassan Whiteside's not had a good last couple games. His game three was okay, but game four and game five have not been great. I think Charlotte's, I think the refs and Charlotte are, like, in his head picking up furniture right now. Game five, just he what he just didn't seem engaged, you know. And Whiteside has, and I know we're like super critical with like Whiteside's body movements and body language and all that stuff, but I so I try not to read up too much into it because the dude's just trying to play in the playoffs, like so I don't like I'm not trying to read too much into his body language, but it just didn't seem like all there. And I know he's also been dealing with a thigh bruise, so that could be part of it. Um, I he just needs to be doing a better job in the pick and roll coverage because he's. The Heat need him to be the guy in between Jeremy Lin and Kemba Walker. They shouldn't be getting... Like, if they want to keep going to the rim, that's fine, but they shouldn't be scoring at the rate that they're scoring. Completely agree, and it's kind of ridiculous. And, I mean, really, what they could be... If they had any great perimeter score right now, like, if Wade was three years younger, this series would be completely different because, like, he would be killing people in isolation. Absolutely killing it. Right. And he did... He had some of those moments last night. When he dunked on the entire Hornets team at once. Yes. That was amazing. Yes. I, I was so excited by that. Yes. And it's, I mean, and that's what the Heat need. They needed somebody to step up because nobody stepped up in game four. I think Joe Johnson was the leading scorer with like 17 points, 16 points. I, that's, I love Joe Johnson. I love Joe Johnson, but it's, you know, you can't have your leading scorer scoring 17 when Kemba Walker's out there throwing up 30 points or whatever. I just wanted to say that I love Joe Johnson. Yeah, this is a this is a pro Joe Johnson podcast. Good. We'll just rename it the Joe Johnson podcast. We finally found a name. Finally found a name, the Joe Johnson podcast, the ISO Joes. Seven time All Star ISO Joe. That's right. So, game six coming up uh, in Charlotte. Obviously, I'm hoping this thing goes seven games. Is this where we're going to start? Take your pick. Might as well. Are we going to take your pick on Charlotte Miami? Hey, okay, so let's establish this. Are we just picking... What are we picking? Are we picking the winner, or what are we picking here? You just pick whatever you want. Just 
pick whatever. All right, I pick that this is a game you're going to have to watch. Like, if there's something else on TV that night, it doesn't matter. You watch this. Game six. This, yeah, this is going to be the, one of the best games of the playoffs, I think. And I pick that there will be a fight. <laughs> oh, Whiteside's going to fight someone. Um, if it's a blowout, I'm really concerned about what Whiteside's going to do. All right, I'm going to let my I'm going to let my my fan flag up high right now. I'm going to let it wave high. Jeremy Lin is really annoying me. <laughs> and I I used to really like him, and now I really don't. I really don't like Jeremy Lin, and I'm not afraid to admit it. All right, Lin fans that may be listening, you can find Wes Goldberg's Twitter account at, at WC Goldberg and just give him a nice little hello. Bring it on, please. Jeremy Lin is the worst. I am sick of him. He has <laughs> replaced Jason Terry as my least favorite NBA player. You're just jealous of his hair. I'm not jealous of his hair. I could I could do that with my hair if I wanted to. <laughs> no, you're just jealous of his hair. I I think he flops way too much. And when he doesn't get his call, he whines. Oh, come on. You watched Dwayne Wade his entire career. So here's the difference between Dwayne Wade. A lot of people have said this to me, okay? Here's the difference between Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is more like James Harden. They will go and initiate contact. And that's what Jeremy Lin is. They initiate contact. Jeremy Lin, like, he he fakes contact. He does that. He throws his head back wildly, pretending that he was touched. What? And Wade doesn't? No. Wade doesn't do that. Wade yeah. initiates contact. Okay, you are being a massive homer right now. He will which... throw... I know I am. I told you. I, I prefaced this whole rant with, with like letting my plan flag wave high. I just, need, I just need to point it out. Like Fine. Just... I'm a homer. My, my Miami Heat hat is on right now. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I will go get it, though. Hold on. Wes is going to go get his hat. Well, I'm literally getting my hat. And I'm going to take a picture. And I'm going to tweet it out right now. This is what's okay. happening. Of his Miami Heat hat. You are getting live Twitter broadcasting like right at this very moment. You'll know you'll know when we were recording this podcast too. You will know. This is coming out. I'm adding you, Chris. I'm gonna add you on Twitter. You're adding me too. And I'll and I'm just gonna say Jeremy Lynn sucks. <laughs> Don't do that. I'll fear for your Twitter mentions. Or suck at Jeremy Lynn. What should it be? <laughs> Anyways, um, the pick I'm going to take, I think uh, the Hornets are playing really well right now. So I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm pretty sure Charlotte's going to finish it in six, like I predicted before the, before the uh, series started. There we go. Wow, he, he really did it. It's out there. Oh, 2012 NBA champions. Congratulations. You should have picked 2006 when the refs handed you an NBA title. All right, let's move on to the next <laughs> segment. Just going to walk right by that one. <laughs> it's called Take Your Pick. And we're going to start talking about other teams that are super salty, like the Houston Rockets <laughs> and the Los Angeles Clippers. So, take your pick, Chris. The Houston Rockets. What a dysfunctional team. They are finally out of our lives. Jason Terry guaranteed a win, and then he went 0 for 8 from the field for 0 points. And this is why I don't like Jason Terry. Jason Terry Terry guarantees everything. I really don't like guarantees. He got one one guarantee correct when he got that tattoo of, like, the trophy on him from when he was with Dallas. Yeah. That's, like, the one time he's ever guaranteed something that was right. And he guarantees stuff all the time. 
Guarantees are stupid, and the only reason that guarantees ever come true is by out of pure coincidence. Joe Namath made them popular, which I wrote weird. about. I wrote about that exact thing that you're talking about with Joe Namath in today's rotation. Shameless plug. The rotation on fan sided. I'm not even going to say it's a shameless plug. I think everybody should be reading that every day. It's been fantastic. It's Dude, pretty good. I think I think it's a nice little roundup of everything that happened the night before. So, um, yeah, and I wrote about that. That Joe Namath did it back in 1780, whatever, and ever since then, people have been trying to copy it. So, take your pick. You have to pick one to build your team with. James Harden or Dwight Howard? That I have to build my team with? Or that has to be on your team, whatever we say. Okay, it just has to be on my team. Yep. Because if I'm building a team, I'm going to pick James Harden just because he's a better player. But if they have to be on my team, I'd probably take Dwight Howard just because I'm just kind of sick of James Harden's attitude with everything. So um, ESPN, who's the writer? I'm trying to remember. On ESPN, they had a really great piece um, about James Harden and just kind of how he's been basically a diva recently. Uh, Mark Stein came out and mentioned that he takes his own car to road games or whatever. He doesn't. To road games, he does not take the the team bus. The team bus. He'll right. take like an Uber or something, right? Or a taxi. And then, and then in the ESPN piece that went up this morning, it was mentioning how he like he walks in and just like doesn't talk to anybody, hands his phone and bags to security guard to let them put it through security, and he'll go to his locker room expecting somebody to bring him his stuff at some point, and, like not waiting for the the whole like security thing to happen. Like he's too much of a diva. Like in it's just strange when you're trying to galvanize your team for a game that you will potentially be eliminated in. And it just seems like he's kind of being a diva about these things. And it kind of, it all, reading all this stuff just makes me wonder. It's like we've been blaming Dwight Howard for all this like dysfunction in Houston and always making him the scapegoat for all these things when it really might not be Dwight Howard's fault at all. All right. I am someone who will gladly take shots at Dwight Howard. I grew up an Orlando Magic fan. The Dwight Mayor was one of the worst experiences of as a fan of my life, just because of how long it went, how drawn out it was, how it basically ruined an entire season, how it got the best coach in franchise history fired, how it put Alex Martins in charge of things. Just many, many problems I have with Dwight Howard. The fact that we are blaming him for anything going on in Houston is the most ridiculous thing ever. He hasn't made any public comments that have been negative. He's been a good soldier for the most part. Has his defense kind of sucked this year? Yeah. Has he probably not played his hardest? Yeah. Has anyone else on Houston played their hardest? Hell no. Right. It's hard and people keep hitting and he's had back issues that aren't nothing. Like, all that stuff comes into play. Like, I'm fine for taking shots at Joy Howard. He deserves plenty of the shots that he gets. This is not one of them. Yeah. He didn't want to get Mikhail fired. Like I think he even came out and like put support for Mikhail before they fired him, so he probably wasn't all that happy about that. He hasn't done anything that like publicly that would negatively that would negatively impact himself as a leader. There are rumors that he's been feuding with James Harden, but really, isn't everyone feuding with each other on that team? Yeah. That's that seems that's what the optics kind of I mean, suggest. Is he, has he been a good has he been a good thing for them? Probably not. 
is but I really don't think that you can just blame this entire thing on Dwight Howard and be like, get rid of him, and it'll all go better now. It's too easy to just blame it all on him. It really is. And there's I think just so much a- going on in that organization from top to bottom. That the team clearly doesn't get along. They don't they don't play for each other. Like they won that game and there was that vine of them just like not celebrating. <laughs> okay. Dwight actually gave like kind of a mini fist fist pump, but that it warrants more than even a mini fist pump. But I see what you're saying. Like at least he did something. <laughs> no, but like, if you look at some of the players, the, uh, some of the players are legitimate like angry about it. Right. Like, not even like a spread. Right, they're like, oh, I wanted to go home. Yeah. And then Jason Terry comes out and says, No, we're gonna win this game. And everybody's like, Dude, shut up! Like we want to go home. <laughs> like we'll show you winning. And then they got killed. Um. So, yeah, if I'm going to pick, though, I still go with James Harden. I just... I think you can make him be a better leader. You would hope, right? Like, that's the idea. And I I'm I, I talk about this a lot, but you can't really pick your superstars. Like, everybody wants Steph Curry, but you can't have Steph Curry. Like, everybody said you have to play like the Warriors, but you can only do that if you have, like, the kind of personnel the Warriors have. But Exactly. He Harden is still a very good, like, a top five player at his best. And... I think you can finagle a team around him that works. I think you you space the team out a little bit more, like Houston was um, two years ago, and and just put the right players around him and the defensive first players around him. If you put like if you put Harden on the Hawks, right? Like that works, right? I mean, if you put him uh, no, on the he Celtics, hold, he holds the ball too much. Yeah, maybe he holds the ball a little too much, but you hope that he can. You hope that you can fix that. Um, Matt Moore had a fantastic. <laughs> trade suggestion last night of sending uh, James Harden to the Celtics. Right. And what's funny is a lot of people immediately had the reaction of, oh my gosh, why would Boston do that? They're giving up so much. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, Boston needs this. Boston would love to have James Harden. They could give up anything for James Harden. They'll be happy. Right. And it's like, well, they're giving up all these solid role players. I'm like, look at the the roster. It's nothing but solid role players. So yeah, James Harden could help a lot of teams. But right. I really have issues with just his personality. And you hope that whatever coach you have in place or whatever culture you have in pl- as you have in place can help. You not fix it, but marginalize it. I think if you're Daryl Morey, you go up to James Harden and be like, "Look, what can we do to keep you happy?" And you have to get your stuff together. Like, is if he you unhappy in Houston? Because we know Dwight is. Dwight's leaving. He can't be thrilled. Yeah, I still think he likes being. I think he's. I mean, I don't. I don't want to speak out of turn, and I don't. I have no idea what's going on, but. You know, if if I think he stays there, and. I think the real issue there is the players he has around him, and they've got to figure that out. So, the one thing that hasn't been a rumor lately with all this James Harden, Dwight Howard locker room nonsense, Kevin Durant is not touching that with a ten foot pole. Oh God, no. So that that's, was, that's funny. That was a huge thing. Is like, what if Kevin Durant goes to Houston to play with uh, James Harden again? Right. That's not been talked about forever. So <laughs> well, that's because right. no one wants to go to Houston. Let's take. Let's go to the next uh, part of take your pick. The Los Angeles Clippers. Now I know you you have a hill to die on on this, but first <sighs> I have many hills to die on today. <laughs> it's been. It's, it's going to be a weird day. Um, well, before we even get to the the, the choices. Go for it. I'm just... Unleash the Chris. All right. The idea, the thought, the even suggestion... I'm getting my Skip Bayless on here. Or my Stephen oh, X. I don't you know. Four point, you get a $4 million signing bonus for going to FS1? 
Hell yeah. But good seriously, for you. Like, just the idea or the, even the suggestion that Chris Paul and Blake Griffin should be separated for any reason other than that they don't like each other is ridiculous. Saying, oh, they could be better if you replaced Chris Paul with a different point guard. Who? Who is better than Chris Paul that's reasonable? Steph Curry? Okay, is Steph Curry coming to Los Angeles? Who can you replace that's better than Blake Griffin? Another top 10 player? Like, we gotta stop this idea that, like, just getting rid of this superstar-level player is gonna make them better. These ideas, like, oh, they gotta blow it up. They gotta change it. If you're blowing up, you gotta get rid of them all. You can't just get rid of one and be like, okay, we'll be fine. I know Chris Paul's getting old, but there's not it's not like they have a better option just available. Right. This isn't like a situation in Atlanta where they were considering trading Jeff Teague. They have Dennis Schroeder. Do I think Dennis Schroeder's good? No, but like he's young and he can improve. So that's a situation. It does remind me of the Hawks situation in a, in the sense that they were looking to possibly trading even Al Horford. And even that makes sense because Al Horford's contract was coming up and you wondered like is he just going to leave and you want to try to get something for him? But right, a lot of people were talking blowing like, it all up. You, you got to like, blow it up. Like some people were saying, like I, I was anti, like no, just keep, keep Horford, keep Teague. It's been literally half of a season, and they've been here for this long, like their entire careers. So just hold on to it and figure out, like even if you trade them, you're not getting anything valuable in return, most likely. But anyway, um, I agree with you. I think that it's insane to try to trade Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and just try to break this thing up just because it didn't work this year especially given the extenuating circumstances. Could Blake Griffin have had a worse season? Yeah, like, he, like was he, was, he finished third in the MVP voting last year. And here's the crazy part. They were, like, a top six offense and defense this year. Yeah. They were good. The yeah. issue is their bench. And even the bench started to get better. Like, they gave up on the Lance Steven thing, Stevenson thing. That was a good move. Wesley Johnson has been, like, kind of good for them. Um, that's, that's kind of scary, to be honest. Austin Rivers has been kind of good, but it's like at least they got guys in and got them to work a little bit more than what they were doing before. And right, if there's a major change, if you think this team really does need like a major shakeup, then you get rid of Doc. And I like Doc Rivers. I'm, I agree. Or bring but, in, or bring in a GM and let and demote Doc to just head coach, which he won't be happy with. So I think you got to get rid of Doc. Sure. So, but like that's that's the major change you make. You don't go okay. Well, we have two top ten caliber players here, and we're just gonna get rid of one of. Because that that will make us better. And there the, are situations where less equals more. This is not one of them. And then you have to watch what happens in Oklahoma City. You have to watch what even happens in Golden State. You know, can they pay Harrison Barnes? What are they going to do? Are they going to go get Durant? Like, what what happens in Golden State after this year? What happened? Those two things matter so much. Oh, does does Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili retire in San Antonio? I mean, what like what if the Clippers were to blow this up, and then Durant goes to the Wizards or something crazy, and and Harrison Barnes leaves and takes a massive and deal Curry's to play injury, in Detroit. And Curry's injury comes back to like bite him. Right, and then Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker all retire, and then Greg Popovich is like, you know what, I'm good too, and then leaves. Then the entire Western Conference becomes wide open again, and then you just trade Chris Paul because you needed to quote-unquote blow it up. It's insane. You don't blow it up just for the sake of blowing it up. And like even if they want to go get draft picks, like... What if you trade Chris Paul for a Well, see, this a, a is my issue with pick. the blowing it up thing. If they're blowing it up, they have to get rid of it all, which they, they're not right. going to. Like, you have to get rid of all the suggestions are getting rid of Because if you take a first-round pick and pair it with – if you trade Chris Paul for, like, a lottery pick, now you're pairing Blake Griffin, who's in his prime, with a guy who's not. Like, now your window is all off. At least the window is right. Maybe they only have a couple of years left in this window, but at least it's, like, everybody's on the same page. 
why don't I don't get why they're not trying to go pull a Dirk Nowitzki Dallas kind of thing where it's like just stick with it, keep adjusting the roster, and eventually it'll work. Yes, I agree. You just got and the timing has to be right. Like the timing was right when Dallas won its championship, and they were heavy underdogs against the Heat that year, but things happen. The Heat implode in the finals. Like things just don't things don't work out for other teams, and all of a sudden. You're in the finals and you win it and everything is right with the world again. It's you can't blow it up, but in a hypothetical situation where you do blow it up or you if do have to trade one dumb, of them, which they might be, which they might do, despite our concerns and very rational arguments against it. If you had to trade to either Chris Paul or Blake Griffin, who do you trade? <sighs> I hate myself for this, Chris Paul. Blake Griffin's younger. Blake Griffin is arguably better at times. Chris Paul is the point god. Chris Paul is amazing. Chris Paul is getting old. Mm-hmm. His best days are starting to not be much left of him. He has to. He's known for resting in the middle of the season. He's kind of facing injury. When he doesn't, he kind of gets a little injured now. He doesn't really take over games as much as you'd like, and that's the only criticism I can think to have of Chris Paul. I just think if you had to get rid of one of them, you go for the longevity versus the short term. I agree. And I think that at this point, you can even get more value out of Chris Paul in a trade than you could for Blake Griffin. Yeah, because of Blake Griffin's weird season. Right. I think people are a little scared and they don't know. And this injury is a little bit more like, like Chris Paul's hand injury is very blatantly obvious, right? He, he pulled that Jersey and he broke his hand. Um, but that Blake Griffin thing was a little bit more mysterious, right? Like you just kind of saw him rubbing his knee against the on the on the sidelines there. People don't know quite what to make of him. He also had a hand injury this year. He's been kind of banged up. That whole off the court stuff is kind of weird. Um, so I think you get more value out of Chris Paul than you would Blake Griffin, even if Blake Griffin is the more valuable player right now. Yeah. And then you have that that trade that's just sitting out there, the Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving trade. It's, we don't know if the Cavaliers would do it, but we don't don't know that they would do it. So if you can get Kyrie Irving to pair with Blake Griffin, now you have guys still in a similar window. You're not trading Chris Paul for a bunch of young guys. You're trading him from a legit all-star whose age is more in line with Blake Griffin. That would be the only situation where I'd be like, okay, that was, that was a fine trade. Right. Um, so you do have that. Right, so and I don't think that there's a similar trade out there for Blake Griffin. I think if you trade Blake Griffin, it's more of a package of things. Like you're, more, you're probably gonna get a couple of first round picks and maybe some good young role players with potential. Maybe um, Kevin Love. Blake Griffin for Kevin Love, yeah, maybe, but maybe. I, like, I don't. But see even that. then, I think you're taking a loss there. Yeah, and I don't know. It's like, what what's the point of that trade even? So. Um, That's kind of my issue with it. Like, there's so many situations where it's like, what's the point of a trade? Right. So, like, yeah, if you were to trade Blake Griffin for for Kevin Love, they're like the same age or almost like they're right around. Like, they're you're not you're not taking a step back. You're not blowing it up. You're just kind of like swapping players. While like a Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving trade makes sense because you're you're expanding that window. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think you trade you gotta trade Chris Paul if that's the case. I think you trade neither of them. But yeah, if you had to pick, if you had to trade one. For some reason, then yeah, I'd go Chris Paul. Trade Chris Paul and build around Austin Rivers. Of course. Yeah. So, um, all right. Last part of take your pick. 
Toronto or Indiana? I'm so mad at Toronto. <laughs> they so needed a 20-point fourth-quarter comeback at home to win? Yeah. They won, though. This is the playoffs. How can you come out in game four, get your ass kicked, look like garbage the entire time, and then need a 20-point fourth-quarter comeback to win again at home? That I'm shot so should have been with... in. That's CJ Miles' shot, man. Solomon Hill. Oh, I'm sorry, Solomon Hill. That was so close. What did I say? You said CJ Miles. Yeah, that's not. Is it, wait, was well, I didn't actually see the shot. I mean, I saw it later, but someone told me it was Solomon Hill. So no, it was just... Solomon Hill. You're right. Um, but man, that was just, that was so close. Like it I was, didn't think it was like good. His fingertips. It was. His fingers were too long. His fingers are too long. And and but here's the thing. He kind of put that up pretty slowly. Like, he was a little... Like, I understand trying to make that shot go in. I get it. But he had a pretty slow release on that. Now, I don't pay enough attention to Solomon Hill to know what his release is usually like. But I'm, I'm, and I'm sure it's not Steph Curry fast. But you gotta put that thing up, dude. Like, anyway. So, who are you picking in this series? I'll pick Toronto because I think they're the better team, but... I'm so mad at them that I don't care if they lose. Like, so, I'm just, I'm fed up with Kyle Lowry. Who would you rather see move on then? The Pacers? I'd rather see Toronto because they're, they're the better, more fun team. The Pacers are, <laughs> they're not good. Yeah, I like, I like watching Detroit would have beaten, I'm hot take, Detroit would have beaten Toronto. Hmm, that's interesting. Why like, do you say just, that? Because Toronto's played like garbage the entire series, this entire playoffs outside of like one game. I think some of it's matchup based, though. I don't. Detroit doesn't have a Paul George kind of guy to take Demar Derozan out of this. That's true, but Kyle That's Lowry insane. and Demar Derozan have been bad. Lowry's just bad because it's playoff Lowry. Playoff Lowry trumps skinny Lowry. Now we figured I'm it out. So, I'm so done with like, I bought into Toronto and they're disappointing me yet again. Just, I'm fed up with them. Yeah. What about Chris Paul for Kyle Lowry? <laughs> All right, do it. Just make it happen. Trade machine, done. Um, I'm picking Indiana. I don't know if they're going to win this, but I don't really know what the parameters of the segment that we made up is. So I'm just I'm picking Indiana, whatever that means. I just want I would rather see them go on. I really enjoy playoff Paul George. I really like this Pacers team now that Roy Hibbert and David West aren't on it. And um, How can you like anything that doesn't have David West? Because I'm a Heat fan, I don't like David West. How can you not like David West? I actually do like David West. Good. Um, I like that this team doesn't have David West anymore, just because it's more built around Paul George and what he needs to do, spacing the ball and and, and everything like that. And I, I like. I just want. I'm not. I'm done watching Toronto this year. That's basically <laughs> it. Like I've had enough. Like I'm just kind of over it. And... We're all fed up with them. But I am still kind of interested with the Pacers. Like I'm, I, I can want if I had to pick two teams to just keep watching for a few more games, I would pick Indiana right now, just because basically Paul George, and you never know what Monte Ellis is going to do. You really just want this because you want the Miami Heat to come back, win, win in seven, and then get the easier matchup in the second round. Also, that that is completely my motivation behind this. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> um, you made a decent argument, but there, but that's your true intention. <laughs> The hat, the hat's still on, Chris. <laughs> it's still on. <laughs> um, all right, good. Well, this has been a podcast to be named later. Uh, we're basically right at the end of 
time here. Um, oh, uh, Atlanta, Boston. What about Atlanta, Boston? Take Are we gonna pick? pick? All right, yeah, let's go. Is that game? That game's tonight, right? Yeah. So yeah, Wednesday, Thursday night, Atlanta, Boston. Depending on when you guys listen to this, take your pick, Chris. I'll take Atlanta. I think they're better. Yeah, me too. I think unless Boston makes that James Harden trade right now, this guy is suit. I'll take Atlanta. Uh, but Isaiah Thomas has been wonderful. He's been fun. Yeah, I really. The problem is him. just Boston realized. Oh right, none of us can shoot. So. Who the Jaguars taking in the draft? <laughs> I take your pick. I heard Jalen Ramsey a couple of times. I don't know if that's what good pick or bad. Did the Jaguars have the fifth. Okay. Hmm. It's it's not a UCF player, so I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm I'm draft Storm Johnson again. Just keep drafting Storm Johnson over and over again. Uh, he the Bortle Storm. Bortle Storm. I don't know what the Dolphins are gonna do. Uh, they have the 13th pick, and everybody has them taking a the defensive end out of Clemson. And I, I don't like Clemson players because it just seems like they always bust in the NFL. So, I don't know. I just think it's funny that I pre- this will be like the second. This will be the third straight year the Jaguars will have if they take Ramsey. It'll be the third straight year they drafted a player inside the state of Florida with their first pick in the draft. Hey, at least they have a system. Like Bortles, Fowler, and then Ramsey. That was Florida, Fowler last year. UCF. Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping <laughs> that the Dolphins, I'm just hoping that the Dolphins don't screw it up completely. It's the Dolphins. So they are. You're right. Everybody has them. Tra- like a lot of people are saying, they want to trade up for Ezekiel Elliott, the running back at Ohio State. And I'm like, please don't trade up for running back. The last time we traded up, you took a defensive end out of Oregon, and he hasn't played ever since. So football talk on the basketball podcast. Shouts to Dion Jordan. And, yeah, this has been a podcast to be named later um, with everything you've ever wanted to know about back tattoos, um, an awful Charlotte, Miami series. A and, fun Charlotte, Miami series. And, you know, hypothetical. And saltiness. Chris Paul trades. And salty french fries. So And my Skip Bayless impression, I guess, because I was <laughs> hot takeish tonight. All right. That's been the Born Rebel, Chris Barnwell. I'm Wes Goldberg. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at WC Goldberg. Chris is at Chris Barnwell. And both of our writing at the Friendly Balance, where you will also find this podcast, once I upload it, which is a part of the Hardwood Paroxysm Basketball Network on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining me, Chris. No problem.